0: and leave your rating and review today's our guest is robert preston from climb capital welcome robert
1: hey welcome thank you for having me
0: sure thank you very much rob a uh, little bit about robert preston robert is a co-founder of climb capital and specializes in res- residential commercial real estate such as one and acquires value at b and c class properties that produce a durable yield through the life of the investment, has a proven track record of using private money to fund real estate investments. His previous single family home rehabilitation experience gives him the needed expertise to manage contractors, subcontractors and materials for multi-unit rehabilitations. Robert's years of experience as a rehabber and landlord combined with his 14 years of experience as a Marine Corps officer, provides him with the leadership and discrement necessary to to be a highly effective asset manager. Robert is focusing on mobile homes and RV park space. So with that, Robert, how did you get into real estate and multifamily and mobile home park space and RV park space?
1: Yeah, so my story kind of in a nutshell, I graduated from Clemson University with a degree in economics and then post-college immediately went into the Marine Corps. Uh, I was trained as a as an Osprey pilot and spent about 14 years there flying the Ospreys. And my second deployment, I was in Afghanistan in uh, 2012 and doing some pretty uh, cool flying, but also some pretty dangerous flying, getting shot at a lot and uh, wanted to make some life changes there and uh, made some major life changes, uh, both you know in my faith and my marriage. And, and then third was maybe finding a better way to make some money. And so I came back from there, uh, really started out as wholesaling single family houses. I didn't really have any real estate background or, or expertise. I started wholesaling houses and houses led to flipping houses. And then that led to buying rental property, which our first one happened to be a small mobile home park so uh learned about commercial real estate uh paid for some t- tutoring and education and mentorships, and uh simply grew from there so mobile home park led to uh sixty unit Class C apartment complex and some office buildings, and then continued to progress through there and so from you know to two thousand fifteen ish to uh really last year twenty twenty one we were buying a lot of class C apartments uh renovating them, fixing them up, repositioning them. And the intent was to hold them, but we ended up selling a good good number of them last year when the prices were pretty high. We also noticed around twenty twenty time frame with eviction moratoriums, and you know all the issues that came with COVID, and then the change of interest rates. And we also noticed a ton of investors pouring into the market there really wasn't any deals that we liked anymore and we were having a really hard time finding uh, quality deals that we didn't feel were overpriced. Um, and so coincidentally, we had bought our first RV park in early 2020 and that turned out very well for us. And we learned a lot through that. I also became a RVer. So I'm in the RV right now with a family vacationing uh, and working. And uh, so sort of fell in love with that as a lifestyle and as an asset class. And so uh, slowly, as we learned, we gradually pivoted to now at this point, two and a half years later, we are essentially fully targeting RV parks. Um, we still hold some uh, some multifamily portfolio. We still hold some mobile home parks. But right now, we're really focusing on buying and operating RV parks as of today.
0: Got it. And thank you for sharing your background. So you have some economic background also. So what's sure. your take on, take on current economic situation? How do you see the I mean, commercial real estate space
1: next, maybe uh, six to two. Sure. Yeah. So if I had all the answers, we probably wouldn't be talking You're right here. I'd be off doing some other things. But, you know, there's a few factors that that are obvious and they're we can't dispute, right? And one is the amount of money that's been printed over the last couple of years or that has flooded the market. So inflation will happen. It has to happen. It's There's just no way around it. Until that money continues to trickle out and stabilizes back there, so so we're going to know and see and expect prices to increase for rents and for purchase prices. That's that's obvious, despite what the interest rates are going to do. It's it's a good attempt, but you just can't simply add that much money and things not change. Um, however, on the housing side, if you look at it by decade, right? Generally, every decade we have to produce around 11 million. New units, housing units per per decade, and so from 2010 to 2020, we basically produced six and a half million units there, and so there's a simple supply shortage as well. Um, that is, despite pricing, there simply we don't have the most in a lot of areas, particularly where I live. There simply are not enough houses. There are not enough housing units. Period. That despite the prices, and so that uh, gives me a little more. That gives me a little more reassurance and comfort in the fact that there's a simple supply and demand from a unit type there. Prices obviously will fluctuate, the market's gonna fluctuate, rates are gonna fluctuate. So to tell you what I think is gonna to happen to years from, I really don't know. To be blunt, I don't care because there'll be there'll be great deals to to be had in any market. And uh the space that we like um we feel is very insulated and protected from market fluctuations, um, that we can benefit from an up market and a down market. Um, and I can kind of go into those details, but uh, I'm just watching and seeing what's going to happen, and then we'll adjust from there. Got it. Yeah.
0: So yeah, let, let's jump into you know the uh, mobile home park space or RV park space that you're focusing on. So sure. w- what kind of systems uh, do you have in place for managing you know uh, different kinds of stuff, you know aspect yeah. of RV park space?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question because it is one of the barriers to entry. It's one of the reasons that there are not a lot of people in the RV park space. And, uh, and thus that means there's, there's still good. There's a lot of opportunity to, to find really great deals at the purchase, um, so that we are still buying, you know, 10 to 12 cap properties at purchase. And the reason is because it is a relatively, um, unsophisticated undeveloped asset class. There is not There are very few third party property management companies that will manage an RV park. Um, There's a few software systems, but none of them are very sophisticated or coherent through the whole process. So as an example, um, we use Camp Spot for our reservation booking systems, and it's pretty good uh, from the customer uh, interface perspective and good at the reservation management and marketing perspective but it has almost no accounting features on the backside. And so we essentially have to use CampSpot for our front side facing customer interactions. And then the data is then exported into QuickBooks, right? And so so we're doing CampSpot to QuickBooks and then neither of those have a good... Uh, maintenance um, maintenance schedule, maintenance request program, like you would typically find in a multifamily investment software. And so in multifamily software, you you have the app folio, the rent managers, a bunch of the other ones that are pretty, pretty A to B, you know, A to Z uh, that provide you all of those systems in RV parks that doesn't exist. So we're using a hybrid of those. Um, it's one of the things that we're actually looking to develop in the future would be a uh, a standalone fully, fully integrated software system for operating RV parks. But uh, so we use a combination of those, those two or three systems right now.
0: Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So how are you managing these RV parks? Are you self-managing? Or right. You, yeah.
1: yeah. So, so, um, going back to that first RV park we bought in uh, 2020, well, that was the first property that we self-managed. So prior to that, we had been using third party management. Honestly, we we're pretty frustrated most of the time with their performance. We went through a lot of apartment complex managing companies and we started uh, with our first part, we started self-managing. And then as we learned and grew, we moved to self-managing all of our apartments now and all of our mobile home parks and all of our RV parks. So we had to create our own property management company. So we have a subsidiary of Climb Capital that uh, manages all the parks. And so inside of that, we have around uh, 30 employees now on the property management side.
0: What are the challenges you guys face when building property management companies?
1: Yeah, good question. So so at the end of the day, most if you probably talk to any business owner right now, they're they're most Biggest concern and hardest thing to tackle is finding good people, and finding good people to go to work. So, so by far that that is the biggest challenge. Um, what we're doing is not that complicated. It's not that hard of a job. You know, it's a, it's a mix between property management and hospitality, customer service. Um, so we had to find great people, and so we took a little bit of a different approach there to accomplish that. And uh, instead of really looking for history and experience of property managers we targeted um, individuals that would probably want to be future owners and so we are really looking for character traits and ambition and drive versus um, property management experience and so as we go out and look for our next you know uh, property manager we craft the we craft the ad to kind of cultivate the idea of, do you want to learn how to run your own business? You want to be developed, et cetera. You know, that's that's where we're um, that's where we're targeting. And so it's been honestly, it's been very successful. The the people that we have in the organization are very self-driven. They have an ownership perspective. They're always looking to increase the NOI for us. Uh, So it's, it's worked out well.
0: Got it. Awesome. And from asset management point of view, like what kind of KPIs you're tracking for, especially like RV parks?
1: Yeah. So we, we track, um, obviously we're tracking occupancy from a pure unit count. We track the uh, weekly income. And so that fluctuates based on season retail. We track, uh, we have some Airbnb cabins in every property. So we track that as a different line item of income. And then we have a monthly rental income line. And then um we also track our reviews it's a it's a big one our google reviews and airbnb reviews um, is a good kpi for us on how we're doing of course you know of course your general expenses and stuff to make sure that we're you know keeping a good expense ratio and a, and a solid noi but um yeah we're really looking at uh we're really looking at income by the week uh vice by, by the year got it got it
0: so so you basically you are tracking every weekly right
1: correct yeah so we, okay. we meet every week and uh, we go through the weekly income based off of the uh, retail and off of the uh, monthly rentals got it
0: so uh, are you facing any kind of challenges in tracking kpis
1: yeah we are we are and that goes back to the, goes back to the uh, my first statement there's not a lot of sophistication in the software um, or even in the market in general so finding comps you know, finding what the market rate is uh, is much more difficult in RV park investing than it is in multifamily, and so uh, it's a lot. You know, there's there's not a there's not a co-star really that provides that type of data that you would normally get for um, apartments in our parks. So a lot of it is just manual, getting on the phone, calling other parks, or googling, searching. Um, that's a bit of a uh, bit of a hindrance, and then of course the the financial software is. Not automated, like you would find in multifamily side of it, okay,
0: okay, so what other parameters you're looking when when you're sourcing or finding deals or underwriting you know RB park? Deals?
1: yeah, so our our buy box is um relatively simple, right? So we are looking for um properties that are south of the freezing line, so kind of sunbelt as we call it, and then for us, it's Arizona and East, um, specifically. Gulf coast. We really like the Gulf coast. That's where we live. It's a lot easier to get to. So that's our geographic region. And then we're looking for parks that are uh, pretty close to interstates and exits, um, or, or major highways, but ideally interstate exits, uh, roughly about a hundred pads, hundred sites or more, um, that have some amenities and stuff. And then typically, you know, we're looking for in-place cap rates of eight or better. Um, A lot of times we're in the 9 to 12 range when we're buying parks there. A lot of parks have a lot of excess land that we can develop and build out more sites. Um, The CapEx there is pretty low because we're really just moving dirt and providing utilities. Um, And then the maintenance obviously is pretty low too because we're not owning much more than the dirt and the utilities. So uh, does that kind of answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Uh,
0: And like
1: how are the lending terms with RP Parks? Yeah, so so that is another challenge, another hurdle that's uh, probably prohibiting a lot of guys like like you and other guys to jumping in there. Um, the lending markets have improved dramatically over the six last six months. Um, a lot more banks are getting into this. A lot more institutions are getting into this. But presently, there is not there is no major, you know, uh, Fannie Mae Freddie Mac product. That works here so we utilize a combination of um, regional banks uh, credit unions um, there's a few debt funds that are specific to rv parks that we have um, connections with there and uh, over time we're just building building that uh, building relationships and trying to develop a product from like Citibank um, to be able to have a non-recourse institutional type uh, debt there but a lot of it is is full recourse a lot of it uh, a lot of it is kind of your traditional commercial bank got it
0: uh and during our off offline you mentioned you're uh, purchasing one property in south carolina markets so would you share a little bit more about that property and how exactly you know uh, what kind of structure you are going after that
1: so we actually closed on that property a couple of weeks ago um it's an interesting property uh because it it's on lake moultrie which is outside of charleston south carolina and uh it used to be koa and it was owned bought by a owner operator an older couple they've they've gotten well into their to their age um and really haven't been able to run it very well the last couple of years because their physical condition but they wanted to owner finance that one so we we made an offer um it was a a little bit less than they wanted, they took it. And then they, you know, they volunteered and said, Hey, we'd really like to owner finance this since I said, excellent. So, so we did. Uh, so smaller property is $2 million purchase price. Um, they've financed uh 1.3 million at four and a half percent interest um, on a 10 year term, 25 year amortization, I believe, or is it? no, sorry, 30 year amortization. So really great terms, especially in this market. Um, 62 pads Uh, most of them are waterfront there's three boat ramps uh 24 boat slips on the water lake moultrie so we're in the process of getting that turned around and remarketed rebranded um, and that'll do very well for us got it
0: so any interest only
1: period uh no no we just did a straight start of the amortization Okay. On that one since it was relatively small and, and they provided that financing. So got it, got it.
0: Yeah. Is that 60 LTV? Around 60 L T V.
1: Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: So would you share any of your best real estate investing experience so far?
1: Mm, best ones?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we bought that first park we bought, we went full cycle and we sold that one. So I, I bought that one for $575 in February of 2020. Um, we did n- almost no CapEx. We did some repairs. I think we had $20,000 into it and we sold that of February of this year for, um, 1.2 million. So that was a, that was a nice turnaround. Yeah. But so financially, that was great. We've had a couple other deals very similar to that on a larger scale. Um, but I think so far my best experience has really just been, um, pivoting to, a to an asset type that I can, be the customer for as well and so i get to travel now with the family and they think they're on vacation and i'm actually at work you know (laughs) we're working on the parks and they're out there playing on the playground so so i think that's by far the best experience is really falling in love with with an asset type instead of the apartment complex which i generally not going to take my family to so uh, that's really been a great experience awesome
0: and would you associate any challenging experience
1: yeah, absolutely. So, um, 2020 was was challenging, uh, no doubt. With you know a lot of our apartments, multifamily was class C, and with that eviction moratorium, and then people just decided they didn't want to rent, you know, and then it just became became really challenging. Honestly, just uh, from a financial perspective, and also became challenging just from a you know mental perspective where we knew we had people who had jobs and that were making income and they just chose not to pay um, because their neighbors weren't paying, you know, and and there was a lot of hardship. I understand that real hardship, but there was a lot of just, just people deciding they weren't going to pay because, you know, the government said they didn't have to. And that, that honestly made me pretty jaded with the multifamily side of just the lack of character. I think that a lot of, a lot of uh, potential tenants have in that space. And so that's one of the reasons I'd It's a, a bit of a lifestyle change too. Just decided that it's a lot easier to deal with the tenants who are pay me pay me before they arrive and are happy to be there and happy to leave and they're on vacation. So, um, so I think that was a really challenging time. Got it, got it.
0: So, in, any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful?
1: Yeah. So I I, I say this several times. Like I'm not the smartest person. Uh, in real estate, but I'm pretty determined. And so coming up as a Marine Corps officer and 15 years of that and flying, you know, as a pilot, you can never give up. You have to continue to fly that that aircraft all the way to the ground. Even if even if it's falling apart or on fire or the engines are there, you have to continue to fly it all the way to the ground. And uh, so being persistent and having a lot of grit, I think has helped, uh, helped me and the company continue to push through the hard times and not give up. And generally when you do that, you know in the back side of of that if you just don't give up usually turns out pretty well so that's that's i don't know that's a good question i don't think i've been asked that one before yeah absolutely great answer yep
0: and any books that impacted your life
1: and what way? Sure. Um, I would start with, uh, of course, for me, the Bible, right? Uh, that's kind of my foundation or is my foundation. Um, but, but real estate wise, uh, the big one, of course, is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That really changed my psyche. Um, but I've really appreciated uh, recently a couple books written by Oren Klaff um, on mindset and negotiations and selling um, both both of them are really good. Uh, one's called uh, Pitch Anything, and then the other one's called Flip the Script. So, I like those those books. They they help me kind of reset my mental thought process every every time I need to read it. Great.
0: And share any one one personal learning or personal decision that impacted your
1: life. So, uh, for sure, particularly from from real estate and economic perspective, um, I had a mentor named was Diane Bowman. You know, she came out. For three days, in person, and we spent all three days just talking about commercial real estate and teaching me and helping me. And, you know, honestly, from from that point forward, I've learned a ton since then. But that was that was kind of the push or the nudge I needed to to feel really confident about uh, going forward and making deals. Awesome. And how are you giving back to community, Robert? Yeah. So I, I like this question, but sort of hard to answer sometimes so my wife and i are foster parents and we really have a heart for um, orphans and and people with without parents and so for foster parents um and so i i say that because I, I, it is obviously a way of giving back and we enjoy that but then the reality is like we get so much more out of that than, than we do you know we've adopted a son we're working on adopting a daughter but at the end of the day it's like we don't feel like we're Giving them any favors it's just having them in your life and and uh seeing them grow and seeing them thrive is just far far beyond rewarding than you can imagine so i don't consider that giving back even though maybe that's what it is so that's kind of our passion a lot of a lot of uh foster work and stuff for um, kids that don't have parents
0: got it awesome and how can listeners can connect with you
1: yeah, absolutely. So um our company's climb capital. So it's climbcapital.com, which is C L I M B C A P I T A L dot com. So on there there's a uh, uh, in-doc form. We can schedule a one-on-one meeting together. Um, of course, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, my email is Robert at climbcapital.com, and of course there's info at climb So all those uh, are great options. We we do have um, a fund, a uh, $20 million fund that is open for accredited investors right now. And so we're happy to talk about that as well.
0: Awesome. And thank you very much, Robert. Thank you for sharing, you know, our Park's experience and some of your own personal best and challenging experiences as well.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Sure. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP 360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.